introduce before I introduce the guest speaker, I want to think, tell you share one very quick thought that I thought of this morning. Today was a very big day in America, and we're not talking politics, but regardless of your political persuasion, something big changed apparently today in America. But this morning I had an epiphany, and that was that nothing really changed. It's a new design with the same management because Hashem ultimately is the one in control. And yes, there's definitely different nuances from each thing. And that's why we choose and we vote and we use our right to vote. But regardless of if you were excited today or regardless of if you weren't happy today, at the end of the day, remember, it's the same management no matter who is sitting there in the Oval Office. So we could all rest easily and be happy that we're in Hashem's hands. Amen. That is one thought that I wanted to just, it's something that occurred and it's just, anyways. The next thing is introducing our guest speaker. So it, it just, circumstances just made it that it was difficult for me to be able to give it tonight. I'm glad to be able to be here for part of it. Um, but I just want to um, introduce, I'm going to introduce our guest speaker with the following way. This week's parsha it says you should buy, you should get a car in Pesach, get a sheep or a goat. And the Pesach says you should get it and bring it, bring your close neighbor. Hakaroi they love. And the Medrash says, I would think it's talking about your neighbor that's on your roof, meaning your upstairs neighbor. Or maybe it's talking about the neighbor next door. And the Medrash has different drushes discussing what kind of neighbor. So Ramosha Feinstein says and explains that what the Pasuk is telling us is like the Rambam tells us that a person is nimshach achar of A person is always drawn after his neighbors, after his surroundings. And therefore, a person has to choose righteous people to be people that he hangs out with, that he has around him. Therefore, the Pasuk is telling us that when you're doing something, you're having the Karim Pesach, get your close friends that are the ones that you would choose for neighbors as righteous people. Those are the people that you should have the Karim Pesach together with. Now, Rabbi Tendler, Rabbi Tendler's uncle married Ramosha Feinstein's daughter. Okay? Rabbi Tendler's uncle's name is Ramosha David Tendler. He's a Rav in Muncie. He's a doctor also in Muncie. And at his chasana, when he got married to Ramosha Feinstein's daughter, so Rabbi Yitzchak Isaac Tendler, who was the Rav of, um, the Rav of, he was a Rebbe in RJJ, and he was a Chashem in Tamad Chacham. He got up by the Chasen and he said, Ramosha, Ramosha Feinstein, you're greater and better than me in everything. You're a bigger Tamad Chacham, you're smarter, you're wiser, you're a bigger Balmitis, you have better character traits. Everything you have is better than me. But there's one thing that I have that's better than you have. I have a better mechotin. I have a better mechotin. So. What's mechotin, Rabbi? Sorry? A mechotin is like a, the other side. Like if my, like Moshe Feinstein's daughter was marrying Rabbi Yitzhak Isaac Tandler's son. So Rabbi Tandler Sr. and Rabbi Feinstein are called mechotanim. Okay, so I have a better... Like, like Machatenum. Like exactly, exactly, ah, exactly. Thank you. 
So our guest speaker is my shochet. He's my neighbor. We share walls of the office. But one thing I can say about him is that in every area, in everything, in Torah scholarship and Midas and righteousness, where is he? Rabbi Nitzin is greater than me, but there's one thing that I have. I have a better neighbor in Rabbi Nitzin. So without further ado, I turn the mic over to Rabbi Nitzin. I thank him very much. And I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that you're going to have this opportunity. And maybe if maybe you'll have more opportunities. But um, without further ado, Rabbi Nitzin, the floor is yours. Is that okay? Okay, Rabbi Berkowitz. Hi, everybody. Um, sorry that I'm the surprise, but um, <laughs> what can you do? I'm not sure what Rabbi Berkowitz said. Anyway, is that is that Nate's father? Yes. Mazel tov. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rabbi. Mazel tov for you. the wedding. Thank you. Okay. So I want to try and share two thoughts, and they really go together. Okay, and I, and I hope that it will um, be something that we can, you know, we can practically, you know, we can practically use. And that is like this. The Ramban, at the end of this week's parsha, is the most, probably the, one of the most famous Rambans in the Chumash. He asked a question, he says like this. Rabbi is going to give us a rule why there's so many mitzvahs, especially why there's so many mitzvahs that talk about Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim. Right? In other words, if you think about it, we're always saying Yetzirah Mitzrayim, Yetzirah Mitzrayim. <laughs> right? Besides for Pesach, well, you take Pesach itself. Pesach, you know, you, you have the whole, all seven, all seven, eight days. Matzah, but in the Tefillin it talks about it. In Kiddush we say it. We're always talking about Yetzirah Mitzrayim. Why? Why are there so many mitzvahs that have to do with Yetzirah Mitzrayim? So he says like this. He says that from the time of Enosh, but that's a couple of generations after Adam Arishon, right? So avoid the Zora idol worship crept into the world and people started becoming they started becoming confused in their in their in their belief systems. There were there were I think he said there were three groups. There was one group that says, you know something, the world always existed. Right? The world always existed. There were no one created it, etc. That was the first <clears throat> that was the first group. Right? The second group. Right. Well, now we have a big bang that, you know, that takes that one away. But that's what they, um, you know, that's what that's what they believed. Right. Another group said, you know, something. Um, Hashem created the world in a deity. Some, someone created the world. But you know something. They're not interested in what's going on over here or they don't know what's going on. They created it and it's doing its own thing. That's the second group. And the third group, right, believed that uh, it was created and um, and, uh, you know, Hashem knows, the creator knows what's going on, but he's not interested, doesn't get involved. So those are the three groups. One group, no created, always existed. Second group <coughs> is that it was created, but the creator doesn't know what's going on. Third group, the creator does know what's going on, but he doesn't care. He's not interested, not involved. Those are the three groups. And that happened from the time of Enosh that somehow this crept into the scene, this crept into, you know, mankind's. Um, you know, un understanding, and Hashem wanted to put an end to that. And the way to put an end to that was by the Marcus, 
right? By showing him it's Rhyme, that he's in charge, that he's changing nature, etc., without going on to the details of the Ramban, but that's bottom line what he says, that Hashem wanted somehow to show mankind, listen here, I'm, cre- I'm the creator, and I'm involved, I know what's going on, and I'm going to punish, and I'm going to reward. Right? So bottom line is, that was as if to say Hashem's show. He showed himself at that time. Says the Ramban, but the thing is, I'm going to read the words, Hashem not going to go ahead and do a miracle every generation in front of every wicked person or denier. So therefore what Hashem did, you know, why doesn't Hashem do these miracles for us? If you do the 10, 10 markers now, right, we'd be, you know, we'd be, uh, we'd jump on the, what's a bandwagon, right? But whatever it is, right, he doesn't do that. Right, and since he doesn't want to do that for every in the eyes of every person, so therefore Tzivaloni commanded us. He commanded us to always make a sign for what we saw, and that sign we should give over to our children, and they'll give it over to their children and their children until the end of generations. And so, so, so important did Hashem find this that he is. You know, we know kores. Kores is when a person's cut off, right? That's the one. That's the strictest one of the strictest punishments that exists. If a person eats chametz on Pesach, kores, right? Doesn't bring a korban Pesach, right? He Hashem was extremely strict with all these mitzvahs, right? And made many of them, right? That a person should always, you know, the morning we mentioned, you know, it's going out of Mitzrayim. The night we mentioned, there's another mitzvah to going out of Mitzrayim. We put on them spinning on my hand and my head, run all the time, it sees me trying to see trying why somehow to strengthen this, right? And then we have the ability to pass it over to our children, for, you know, throughout the generations. And therefore, then as the father telling the child, this is this is what happened, right? That's just as good as Hashem doing it, right? In other words, no father is going to lie to his son, right? And, and, you know, it's going to, and, 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 and the Masora is going to be passed over that Hashem does get involved, knows what's going on, etc. And that's what's going to strengthen us in our Amunah. And the truth is that Yitzhiya Mitzrayim, this really is the basis of our Amunah. But now Amunah, but this is really Amunah, we talk about faith. But we're not talking about blind faith over here, we're talking about knowledge. This is a knowledge, just like I know. You know something from a history book, right? That that the world has accepted this as a history, but the same thing over here. This is this is this is passed down from generation to generation. I'll tell you something interesting. Just um, it's not a hundred percent true, but I'll set up the scene. Here I am, right? Back in um, Indianapolis, right? There's my at, at, there's my father. There's me. There's my son, ten years old, right? And my well, it was really my father's father-in-law, right? But let's pretend that, right? Let's pretend that I wasn't. Let's pretend my father's father. So you can imagine in, in your head that you have a Seder table, right? With four generations there. My son, 10 years old, me, my father, and his father. So here we go. My son says to me, he's 10 years old, he says, you know, daddy, what's going on over here? Why we have to, you know, eat this matzo, stuff them into your mouth and the cups and the, what's going on? Right? So I say, you know, we went out of Egypt. So he says, what do you mean we out of Egypt? That was a, how do you know? It was, you know, thousands of years ago. So I said, well, that's what my father told me. Yeah, isn't it? I turned to my father and he says, yeah, that's how. So how do you know? So he says, well, I asked my father. So on the same table, you can have all these generations coming on. 
Right? And then, you know, when it comes to my grandfather, he'll say, you know something, I was 10 years old on the other side of the table, and we had the same discussion, and it went like this, right? That's really what's going on over here. In other words, we have all the families who are passing on the story from father to son, etc., right? And, and as if to say, this is the basis of, 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 the, of the fact that we know that Hashem created the world, is involved in the world, you know, and, 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 uh, and, um, uh, you know, knows what's going on, is involved in the world. Anyway, so that's the Ramban. Okay, that's a very famous, very famous Ramban. So I want to switch gears now to something else, because that, that itself is an important thing, right? And really, every time we do a mitzvah, and we're doing it, we're attesting to the fact that Hashem created the world, knows what's going on, is involved. I want to go to something else now. And that is, you know, then we'll put it together. And that is, we were in... Um, in, 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 it's called Golis Mitzrayim, right? The exile of Mitzrayim. The word Mitzrayim, right? At the root of the word Mitzrayim is the word Meitzar, right? Meitzar in Hebrew means like a straight, S-T-R-A-I-T, right? Narrow, a straight, constriction, right? Cloudy soil at that time when they were in Golis Mitzrayim, they were, I don't know if a good English word, but they were in a straight, right? In, in a narrow, etc. constricted. Okay, Liz, if you have a better word, you can. Uh... My wife has a better word. Oh, go ahead. Uh, oppressed. Oh, okay, they were oppressed, but this not only physically oppressed, they were in, 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 a narrow, in a narrow mind, right? In other words, the, 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 the what's in them, the goddess of Mitzrayim, right? Put them into this mater, into this straight. And the mater is a better word than all the English words, right? A mater is they, they were they, they, they've constricted, etc. Now they were they were in Mitzrayim. Avodim hayinul paroi Mitzrayim. We were avodim. We were slaves to paroi in Mitzrayim. So the paroi, right, was as if to say the the king of Mitzrayim. So we were his slaves. We were his slaves that caused us to be in Mitzrayim. We're his slaves in Mitzrayim. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This might be a little esoteric, but we'll just take it as, as much as we can understand it. Paroi, right, Pharaoh, Paroi, the letters of Paroi are Oref. Ha Oref. Ha Oref means the back of the neck, this part over here. That's what the word Paroi means. Right? Now, um, so, so what's, what's Paroi and the back of the neck got to do with each other? Right. So I'd wanted to, again, this is a little bit esoteric, but we, I'm sure we've all heard, right? And most of us here are over 40, so we don't have a problem, right? That, that we know that in, 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 in the, um, the, the, in the, the, the Hasidic works and the, the more um, Kabbalah works, you have something called the Esther Spheros, the 10 Spheros, right? Now, 10 emanations, right? This is 10 ways that Hashem, as if to say, interacts with us. Right now, the way he interacts with us, right, and the way we are formed, we would tell him Elohim. So we have those ten in us as well, right? So we work the same way as, as if to say Kiviyachal Hashem works via these ten. We have the ten as well, and we know, and we all know what Chabad is, right? What is Chabad? Chokma, Bina, and Das, right? Right? Chokma, Bina, and Das, right? Is the intellect different aspects of the intellect? Chokma, Bino, and Das. Right then, after Chokma, Bino, and Das is the top three. Right, we have a lower seven. Right, a lower seven is we're going to have something called 
in the, in, in the, in the, again, in the Hasidic works, in the Kabbalistic works, it's called Chesed, Gvura, Tiferes, Netzach, Hoid, Yesod, and Malchus. But seven other attributes, which we have in ourselves as well. The Hasidic works put it as like this. The top three, right, is the intellect, right? The bottom seven is the emotions and the actions. Okay, so chesed, when we talk about the meat of chesed, but like we say in davening every day, to you Hashem is the chesed and gvura, etc. Those things, right, they translate in, back into, into, into our midas, um, how do you say midas, into our um, characteristics, right, as chesed, like we have them as well. Chesed is ava, love, right? Gvura is Yira, fear, etc. They translate into emotions. So bottom line, you have two sets in us, right? Right. One of them is the, the the head, which is the intellect, and one of them is the body, which is the emotions. That's three and seven. Interesting. I'll tell you something, right? But we're not going to go into it. But the ten markers that we had in Mitzrayim, right, are divided into seven and three. Last week's parsha was seven. This week's parsha is. Three. Many times you see this division of seven and three, and really that's what it is. They're three intellectual powers, but that's what Chabad is, and they're going to be seven emotional in action, okay, that are going to follow. Now, um, so when we talk about Paro, right, being the same letters as Ha'oref, as this part of the body, Right. What that means is, in a general thing, if you view the whole Jewish nation at that time as one body, right? Paroi somehow was stifling anything coming from the head to the body, right? He somehow was stopping, right? That's what he he was standing at that at the neck, how Paroi, and not letting anything come down from the as if to say the intellect of Clavis Roll down into the body now. Okay, that's why they were in a metzar. A person's in a strait, right, when his intellect is feeding his emotions nothing or very little or, or negative things, right? And now, so, so again, just let's quickly summarize this. So the metzar that they had in Mitzrayim, the in the straits that they were in Mitzrayim, the narrowness, it's the constrictedness that they had in Mitzrayim is due to the fact that Paroi right, wasn't allowing that 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 that, that chokhmah, the bina and the das, which is the intellectual faculties right, of the nation, to somehow to come down to the emotional way, and that's why emotionally they were oppressed as well. Besides for physically, but emotionally they were also oppressed. They were it's called it's called katnus. Yeah. So you have to unmute. Thank yeah. you, thank you, Rabbi. Uh, so did that apply, Rabbi, to everyone? Because didn't around 20% of the Jews, uh, they were able to leave Egypt because they were on a certain level prior to the giving of the Torah, but the others never got out. No, so there, that... there, there, was, there was a group that left early, but they died. They, they, were, they were killed. They didn't, um, they didn't make it out. The, the, the whole nation made it out. Oh. You talk about the ones that died in the darkness? No, I'm sorry. I, I was under the impression that I'm okay. Maybe I, I didn't say it properly. At, at Mount Sinai, it, it wasn't the whole nation. It was the. Re I thought that some were given the blessing of being able to leave Egypt while others stayed. No, no. I, what happened was that some of them didn't deserve to leave, right? Okay, that's yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they died. 
they died in Egypt during during the plague of darkness, right? And the and the rest made it out. Okay. So that's what I'm asking, I guess. Thank you for clarifying. So the ones that did make it out, were they also on that kind of straight? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they're the ones that we're talking about. They're the ones that were slaves to Paro. I mean, the whole nation was, they as well, right? But they got out of it, right? Now we have to see what it means they got out of it, right? That's the specific group you're talking about. Okay, thank you. Okay, now, so let's take this, this, this paradigm, right, of what happened in Mitzrayim, right? To, to, per, to, to see if personally it can help us at all. Okay, so again, the paradigm that we're having over here is Meitzar, which is this feeling of narrowness, constrictedness in the straits, right? That is a result of the, so, Joel, one second, that's a result of the Chabad, the Chochmah Binadat, the intellectual faculties, right? Not being able to provide the emotions with what they need. Yeah, Joel, go ahead. Just the thought that that there was a lot of idol worshiper that that worshiping that the, many of the the klal were attached to their idols and that they didn't want to leave that so there was the conflict between between they didn't want to work and serve hashem and they were also very attached to the avodazara that's where that comes from it, it just it's hard to to mention the egypt experience without mentioning the attraction to the idols 100 percent, but that's all part of the constrictiveness that Okay, now, so let's, let's, let's take this paradigm of Mitzrayim to us personally, right? And if you think of it, right, let's, let's try and describe a person who you'd call in a, in a metar, in a constricted form, in a narrowness, in, a, in the straits. What would, you, what, what, would be, what would he be experiencing? Right? So I would say, right, a person with kina, jealousy, Taiva, lust, chasing honor, right? Depression, right? Hurt, blaming, that type That's of true. person, right? I would call him that he's in the straits. He's in the Mesa, right? So, so, yeah, right? He's in the Mesa. Now, if you, we think of it, the being in a Mesa is a result of that Chochmah Bina Vadas not coming into the system of emotions. Okay, so let me try and explain it like this, right? Always, this is the rule, right? I don't think, you, I think if you Google it, you'll find the same thing, right? That where do, if you want to know where do our emotions come from, right? Our emotions come from our thoughts, right? It's never a circumstance that causes it, right? The circumstance can get us thinking, right? The bottom line is it's our thoughts that cause our emotions, nothing else, right? So again, it's not a circumstance, right? You can, a person can be in jail, right? right? And he can feel free and he can be free and he can feel in jail, right? Because it's really dependent, your emotions are completely dependent, right? On your, on your, um, on, on your thoughts. Now I'll tell you something interesting. This is, this is a cute thing, very cute, right? How do you, we know that the relationship with the sun and the moon, right? The sun shines and the moon Reflects. Reflects, but the, the moon, as it say, receives that light of the sun. How do you say in Hebrew, how, 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 how do you say sun in Hebrew? Well, the two words, but one of the words is chama, right? How do you say the word moon in Hebrew? Levana. If you look at it, chama has the word moach in it. Moach means the mind. Levana has the word 
lave in it, heart in it. So that's unbelievable, right? That's exactly what we're saying, right? That what? That the chama, the moach, right, is the thing that's going to generate these thoughts, which is going to cause the emotion. The emotion comes from nowhere else. So that, that I mean, just that's a, just a cute, right, thought. Another thing, an unbelievable thing, and that is like this. I, I, I want to read you something. This is from Rav Avigdor Miller. Right? He's trying to explain what does it mean, the, what does the word lave mean? What is the word, when we say lave? With all your heart. heart. Okay, says Rabbi Victor Miller, right? The, even Ezra and the Ramban, they define the word lave as mind. As mind. Right, he said many. Rabbi Vigdor Miller spoke many times about the importance of knowing that the word "lave" means thought. Right now, why should the word "lave" be translated as either thought or heart? Right, he says over here. Let me tell you this. He says, "Hine lave beloshen akodesh mesamen es hakoyach hamachshava." Right, the power of thought and emotion. You know what? Because it's the same thing, mm-hmm. right? And the person's emotions come from their thoughts. So when we talk about a heart, right, as a heart is having emotions of something, right? But the emotion is 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 is, is connected. Mm-hmm. There's there's one. It's, it's the two are really one reality, right? So therefore, the word "lave" can be sometimes used for heart and sometimes used for mind and thought because it's really the same thing. Emotions come from nowhere else, right? Besides for the thought, okay? So again, that's an extremely important thing to know, right? That bottom line now is our emotions are created from our thinking and from nothing else, right? No circumstances can create our emotions, only our thinking. Now, Let's go back a little, a little bit in history. Let you want to say something? Well, I was going to say that that's a very Jewish concept, and I've heard this many times that our emotions come from our mind, uh, not from our heart. I think it's a it's a Greco-Roman concept that your emotions come from your heart. Okay, could be, could be. And I think that's one of the things that they believe. Right, but I, I, but I tell you something. This, this is such a powerful thing. I mean, the whole CBT, the whole CBT, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy is based on this, right? Yeah. That our thoughts, right, are are, are the the cause of our emotions. Yeah, John. Right. Yeah. And and still, attitude drives behavior. Is that is that not part of the equation? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. So obviously, right. The way you, 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 whatever your emotion is, that's how you're going to act. Act it out. Correct. Hundred percent. Okay, so now like this. So if we, let's go back to Paro now for a minute, right? And we understand that Paro was holding Claudius by the neck type of thing, preventing that what? Preventing, it's called Moichen de Gadlus, preventing a, a big brain, whatever it is, but preventing elevated thoughts from being able to go down into the body of Claudius That's what Claudius was oppressed physically and emotionally, right? Emotionally were oppressed. Why? Because that Chabad, right? Those emotions were being restricted. So they call, that's called the Meitzar, in the straits. And the same thing is with us, 
right? We also in the Mitzah, right? When what? When our thoughts are, 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 are feeding our emotions, right? Low thoughts, right? So then we feel restricted. We feel constricted. We feel in the Mitzah. Right? We feel whatever it is, hurt, depressed, all those words that we said before, honor, uh, you know, honor seeking and, and jealousy, etc. They're all the result from that. Now, I, I tell you something, th th this point, if a person would understand this, right, he probably wouldn't need it. They put out, they put the psychologist out of business, <laughs> right? Because it's true. You know, if a person would really understand this, right, then he'd be really healthy. Now, why? Like this. Let, let's just just imagine in the old days, right? Say I was getting on a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sailor, right? I'm going on a trip, right? And, you know, we, I think that the world is flat. Okay, I'm one of those people that think that the world is flat. So just what's, what's going to happen before, before I go, Leslie, I don't really think that, right? But, but in, let's say that I thought that, right? I thought that, that what? That the world is flat. Okay, I'm about to take, to go on my, my, my boat, right? I'm filled with thoughts of, you know, something, I might fall off the world. I might go to the underworld, right? I better take anchors. Are these anchors good enough? I better make sure that I don't go too far that I can run. My mind is going to be filled up with all these thoughts, right? And those thoughts are going to cause me a tremendous amount of anxiety, right? So I'm going to be anxious, right? You know, have a lot of trepidation about this trip, right? Because of my thoughts. Let's say someone comes to me and say, you know, you got it wrong. The world is round. So I say, oh, great. What's going to happen then? The minute that I hear that the world is round, what's going to happen? All those thoughts are dropped. I don't have one of those thoughts left. I'm not going to be anxious anymore. Okay. So bottom line is, this is extremely important. Our thoughts follow a premise. Okay. My premise was that the world is flat. Then I have a bunch of thinking, right? The minute that premise is false, then my thoughts are, they're not there anymore. Okay, now, if, if that's true, I want to read, I want to read from a Sefer over here. The Sefer says like this, right? He says exactly what we said, our goshes, all our feelings, our emotions, they're all the result from the thoughts of our brain. Right? They're the result of a thought of something that's going to happen now. He gives a marshal over here, but I'll give another marshal, right? I mean, just again, just the more we can illustrate it, the more we see this, because it's it doesn't appear to be a it doesn't appear like this. The way it appears to us, right, is that the circumstances made me upset. The circumstances hurt me, right? But but so it's like we, 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 the more we can, the more we the deeper we think about it the more we think about it the more we'll get to understand that it's never the circumstance right and and another marshal somebody is let's say you're standing in line in schnooks right and somebody has a, a, a you know um, you're standing there you're minding your own business right this is before the six you know before six uh, six feet away right and a guy rams you in the back of your you know the back just where you're on top of your shoe Right, ever happened? Okay, it hurts, right? Now, immediately what happens? Immediately what happens is you start getting angry, right? You, your face turns red, the smoke's coming out of your ear, you're about to turn around and give him a, a piece of your mind, you turn around and you see his dark glasses and a cane. 
what happens then? Where's your, your anger dissipates in a moment it's gone. Why is that? Somebody banged, my, banged me, it hurt. Why? Answers, my thinking is different, right? Before I thought chutzpah, how can he do this to me, right? And now I'm thinking, wow, I have compassion for him. You know, he made it into schnooks. That's pretty brave of him, right? It's a, right, again, so you see your emotion follows, right? Someone slaps you on your back, right? It hurts, right? You look around and you see, I tell you, you know, my, my, my nephew, Yossi, you know, he's, right? So, so, so he, he slapped me on my back, right? If it was somebody else, I would have been upset. Looking at him, right? I wasn't upset anymore. Again, it's the same idea, just, just to illustrate it. So this, he writes over here like this. Let's take, for example, anger. Okay, he says, maybe when, when, when your mind thinks, right, thoughts, how could he do this, chutzpah, etc., right, then you're angry. When the moach understands, when your mind understands, there's no place to be over here, there's no place for anger over here, you don't even have to try and conquer your anger, right, the anger doesn't come out, you won't be angry at all, right, he says over here, now this is going to be the main point, he says like this, nimza, Right, the root of this, of, of as if to say, living a healthy, happy life, etc., is to understand the world, to understand the world in a proper way. And until automatically you won't have all these, neg all these negative feelings. And therefore, the pitoron, the whole Hamidus Royce, right, the, 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 um, what's pitoron, the, um, I guess, the antidote. Right? to all these bad emotions, right? Listen to this. Is a havana v'hakora, is a recognition, the metzies Hashem Yisbarach, that Hashem's existence, and Hashem's hashkocha, and His providence. Okay? So bottom line is, right, if I recognize Hashem's existence and His providence, then each and everything is directing and watching, etc. right? So therefore, that will be my premise, right? I will never go into any bad, Type of thoughts mean to say, right? If someone, I don't insults me, let's say someone insults me, right? So bottom line is that person insulting me, right? Is just we know, right? If I if the metzias, the existence of Hashem is clear to me, and Hashem's providence is clear to me, I know this person is just an agent, and I needed that insult, right? So I'm not going to get upset at him. Right? Automatically, I won't get upset. I don't have the premise. The premise is right away Hashem's doing this. Right? And the, I know that Hashem is doing it for the good. If that's true, no reason to get hurt or upset. Right? So I'll tell you something. I mean, it's a simple thing, and maybe it's simple to, to, to everyone, right? but it's an unbelievable thing right? that, that hurt and blame and all these type of things. Right? Let's say in a, in a, in a, in a um, I don't know, in other words, a, 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 a major impediment right, in any relationship is hurt. Right? In other words, right, a spouse hurts, the other one says something unkind, right, etc. Right? So bottom line is what, what, what happens? Right? right away, blame. Right? I, I tell you, I was, I was listening to a shir, somebody gave this example. He said that um, there was somebody, a husband and wife, that, you know, they decided on, I don't, I don't know what, the, the wife wanted to buy something. This was in Eretz Yisrael for 3,000 shekels. Okay? 
Good. So the husband said, okay, you can do it, right? Now, when the salesman came, the salesman was, you know, one up, right? And he ended up convincing her to buy something for 6,000 shekels. And she bought it for 6,000 shekels. She didn't consult with her husband or anything like that, right? Now, when the husband heard that, right, you know, after that happened, he was extremely hurt, right? He was extremely, extremely hurt, right? Now, what was he hurt about? Right? What was he heard about? This is what was he, was he was thinking. He was thinking, she doesn't value me. Right? She doesn't care for my opinion, etc. Right? Must be that I'm a worthless to her. Must be that I'm worthless. Right? And the hurt came from those thoughts. Right? The hurt didn't come because she spent 3,000 shekels. It was wrong. Extra. It was wrong that she did it. She shouldn't. Right? But that doesn't mean just because it's wrong doesn't mean you have to be hurt from it. Right? It's wrong, and, 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 and we'll talk about it another time, right? We can fix it up, but bottom line is the hurt is something that only came about because of his thoughts, right? His thinking that, 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 that I'm a nothing, she doesn't value my opinion, that's what hurt him, right? Now, had he tapped into the fact that Hashem is Metzias, that Hashem exists, Hashem is running the show, etc., had he checked into other things like we know that um you know the mishnah says adam a person is, is 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 extremely dear to hashem right so he wouldn't have felt nothing if he wouldn't have felt nothing then those thoughts would not have caused him that hurt so again hurt it's the, to point a finger in other words it takes responsibility and makes you responsible it makes you responsible for yourself right and no one else is responsible for that Right. So just, just one more point, one more point because it's getting late. One more point, in, and that is like this, that any time that a person notices that he has these negative feelings, right? you know, sometimes it shouldn't happen to us, but you're going in your car and the red light starts flickering. Right? That red light flickering is telling you you don't have any gas. Hopefully that's the, the worst that it's telling you. right? But they're telling you that you don't have any gas. That's what it's telling you. When you have a negative emotion, Right? It's a red light flickering. You know what it's telling you? It's telling your thoughts are in the wrong place. Right? Your <coughs> thinking is in the wrong place. Right? That's all it is. Yeah, what we're going to say? Well, I was going to say that, as you said, this is all proof of Hashkoch Pratis that the Rabbonish Olam runs the show. But it's not proof. It, what, what do you mean? The, the markers, you mean? Well, I mean, just the markers, everything. So, 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 so that's what I wanted. To, I, I wanted to just close the circle for one second. So let okay. just one, one second. In other that's words, a, it's, it's two things again. We started with, we started with the markers, right? That the markers were somehow, the world had gone far away, right? The world had entered into the realm of idol worship, no Hashem, right? Or, or Hashem doesn't know what's going on, doesn't care, etc. The markers disproved that, right? Now, Right, so, so, so the markers has proved that in others, cloudy soil got a, 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 a spoon of a muna from this happening, right? That's what got them out of the mitzvah. That's what we're trying to just like us personally, right? When we personally in these straits, right? The reason that we're in these straits, the reason we have these negative emotions, right? Is because our thoughts are negative. It's because our thoughts are not connected, right? To the reality that Hashem's running the show, etc. 
So in Mitzrayim, the Geula, the redemption from that Mesa, the redemption from the straits came about through Hashem showing them, here I am. Right? When they saw that, right, that somehow, right, Paro released, or not released, was forced to release, right, and let, let into the body of the whole nation of Klamisho, let Emuna seep in. When Emuna seeped in, when that faith, when, the, when that knowledge of Hashem seeped into the body of Klamisho, right, so that's, that was the Geula, that was the redemption. Right? And, 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 you know, it was, it was finished by Matan Torah, right? But the Yitzhiz Mitzrayim was the beginning of that, right, etc. And that's the same thing as you have in, in the nation. You had in the private, right? A private individual has the same thing. He has his own Mitzrayim, right? And his own Mitzrayim is coming from the fact, right, that, 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 that his thoughts are based on the wrong premise. The premise is they hurting me, right? I'm a nothing. All these different type of things, right, which are divorced, but from the knowledge that Hashem's existence and running the show. Anyway, that's the point. Let's go ahead, sorry. Well, I was going to say that if you accept the premise of Hashkach Apprentice, that the Rabbonish Olam runs the show, right. created everything, pays attention to everything, and continues to pay attention to everything, omniscience, omnipresence, omnipotence, then this whole thing about, oh, poor me, or this, or oh, I'm, you know, I shouldn't think, you know, all of that kind of goes to the side because everything that does happen is yeah. what's supposed to happen. Right. And he who controls what's supposed to happen is the Rabboni Sholem. 100%. So he's not going to do anything that's going to be bad for us. We know that. Um, but, you know, sometimes you got to get a little zets once in a while. So, um, you know, you got to have that. But, I, you know, I think we have to be careful sometimes about, about Pharaoh. Isn't his, his punishment is that he cannot do Teshuvah. And he can't do Teshuvah because the Rabbonish Olam took that away from him. Okay. So it's kind of, if the Rabbonish Olam takes away his ability to do teshuva, um, it's kind of, I don't know, difficult for us to blame him, again, blaming somebody else for what's going on to us. It's kind of hard to blame him for what happened. I mean, you know, yeah, they were especially difficult. They were especially mean to us. And that was not the way it was supposed to be. But, you know, that's the way it developed. So if it developed that way, that is the way it's supposed to be. Right, right. So let's, what, what I'm, but I'm, what I'm saying is I'm not talking about Paro with a whip on his hand. I'm talking about that idea right. of Paro, right, who was somehow, cons you know, this, he had that, 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 whatever it is, that power, that's what I'm yeah. saying, it, it, against that neck. That's what his letters yeah. were, right? And, and, it's and, interesting and, that you use the term for chachma and lave, and that those two words together make the word chalev. And they talk about the dogs in this parsha, don't they? Isn't this the parsha where they talk about the dogs? Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's interesting that those two things go okay. together. Okay, should you want to say something? No, no. Okay, so that's yeah, Joe. Um, while the the Marcos or while while the um, slavery 
galvanized the Jewish people into a nation. It also afforded it also afforded Hashem by putting us there the opportunity to teach the world who He was and what He was. So, so that that not that we were leveraged, but but through us and through our persecution and then our release, he was able to teach the world. I mean, so that he needed, I mean, we, we, we were a tool for him to educate the rest of the world that this is who I am. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's right, right, right. Okay, anyway, that's it for the night. Okay, I hope it was beneficial. Thank you. Okay. See you tomorrow. Thank you. Good night. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Rabbi. Be well. Bye-bye.